we gon' throw them up and we gon' give them hang time. And I was born the same year, Jordan jumped from the free throw. John, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I shut up. Troy, no. Math does not make sense. That was the worst math you've ever done. <laughs> what about you, Drip? What do you think? I'm sorry, but you're just incorrect. Why? You refer to Kyrie Irving as a distraction after he raised concerns about the NBA restarting in Orlando and, in your opinion, taking away from the Black Lives Matter movement. As a result of this, Kevin Durant quickly responded by calling you a sellout on social media, along with posting a shot of you airballing a jumper. So, Perk, i got to ask you, what's your response? Here's my response. KD, my brother, just because I don't agree with what Kyrie got going on, don't mean I'm not fighting the same fight that you are a fighting. So Kendrick Perkins, a couple days ago, called out Kyrie Irving, saying that Kyrie Irving was confused, was showing his lack of leadership with how he was handling the whole return, not return, do I want to go to Orlando, do I not want to go to Orlando, his whole situation that we covered in a podcast a couple episodes back. Now, you just heard... Kendrick Perkins responding to Kevin Durant after Kevin Durant called him a sellout and then tweeted a picture of Kendrick Perkins airballing a shot. My thoughts on this are similar to Kyrie, where it's like the message is just coming from the wrong person. In the same sense that like we didn't like the message Kyrie was sending because it was coming from Kyrie and because of all the circumstances that we discussed, where he wanted to go originally and then when he couldn't go he all of a sudden didn't want anyone to go. Isn't Kevin Durant one of the biggest sellouts in NBA history and now he's calling someone else a sellout? Didn't he sell out from his team at Oklahoma City? Am I missing something? John, what are your thoughts? Yes, but I feel like that's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an entirely different conversation. Like this is a, he, I think he's referring to him as a sellout in terms of, you know, on, on a racial term instead of a team one. I mean, like, that's a... That was KD's decision to go on a professional basis. Like, his decision to go to Golden State was his based on where he thought it could take his career. And I'm not going to defend it because it was a snake move and KD sucks for what he did. But, I mean, I, I just don't know if that's necessarily a fair comparison. John... I, like, disagree with you on this one completely. I think KD and Kyrie are, like, a match made in heaven for each other. They are so hypocritical. KD's out here calling someone a sellout when he is one of the biggest sellouts in the NBA. He literally left his franchise for no reason other than to go win a ring because he'd never won a ring before. And Kyrie Irving is, like, one of the biggest sellouts in the NBA right now. Like, Kyrie Irving is, again, an incredibly hypocritical player. And I just, I think they're a match made in heaven. They're going to work great together. Shwali. You know what? I, I agree that they are a match made in heaven. And I agree that he should definitely not have called him a sellout. But I still don't necessarily know if it's fair to compare what KD did in, uh, in terms of going to Golden State to, to the movement that's going on right now. That's all I'm trying to say. I just I have an issue with players when they, when they come out and they say one thing and their previous actions have just shown the complete opposite. Like, Kendrick Perkins is clearly not a sellout. His comments that we heard to intro this this segment showed that he is totally for the movement. It's just Kevin Durant and Kyrie. I think, do you think Kyrie Irving's in Kevin Durant's head? Do you think it's already happened? They haven't even played together. 
I mean, they're hanging out all the time. They have to be. Yeah, they might be a match made in heaven, but I don't think it's a good one. It's more like a match made in hell. It's like, I know, I know how much Durant wants to play. I don't know how much Kyrie wants to play, though. And then both of them, I just don't really know about what they're... I don't really know about either of their leadership abilities. Like, neither of them have proven that they're able to be the leader on, on a team. I have a really good question. Who do you think would be the perfect trio to add to that, like, destructive trio? Like in just, terms of superstars. In terms of superstars in the NBA. Who do you think we could add? And just off the top of my head, as I'm talking, Joel Embiid. Are we talking about destructiveness or talent? Well, like, talent, like Kyrie and KD, mixed with destructiveness. And impulsiveness and... I have a sneaky pick. If Jimmy Butler forced his way out of the heat, and he's coming off forcing him his way out of the Bulls, out of the Timberwolves, out of the heat, out of the Sixers, in like a four-year span, that would be fun. Yeah. Oh, that would be pretty cool. I mean, the question is, is what type of player are you looking for with a, with a Kyrie... And Durant, like, what would be their best compliment? I thought a center might be it. You think a center? I see. I think that Durant might be big enough where center's not your biggest need in like a superstar player right there. If you're going for the trio, that was my thinking. I'm just thinking in terms of being a diva. Jimmy Butler is like that player who calls out everyone, and I think him calling out Kyrie Irving would be top banter. Yeah, I don't know if Kyrie would ever want to step on the court with Jimmy Butler. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would ever. What happen. about like Kawhi, dude? <laughs> no, because Kawhi wouldn't Kawhi's, say anything. Yeah, he's too quiet. No, Kawhi wouldn't say anything, but he would just like I feel like KD and Kyrie would both be happy as long as they're like winning a lot and that as and as long as they're the stars. We all know how closely connected you are to the Cowboys, Stephen A. What are your thoughts on Dak getting ready to sign that tag today? Well, I think it's the wise thing for him to do, and I haven't been of that mindset. I've marched with Marcus Spears on this one uh, for quite a long time. For months, I was talking about I wouldn't show up to Dallas uh, Cowboys training camp. I wouldn't talk to Jerry Jones. I wouldn't say a word. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even wear Dallas Cowboy paraphernalia uh, because I religiously felt like the Dallas Cowboys have disrespected this man. Stephen A. Smith clearly thinks the Cowboys are disrespecting Dak Prescott, as it's recently been reported that Dak plans to sign his $31.4 million franchise tender. So let's just get it out there. Drew, what would you pay Dak? A lot of money. How much? Per year? Guaranteed? Per year? Um, I would give him 30 mil. That's the most you give him, Drew? No, I think I could negotiate around that, but 30 mil, yeah, that's the starting point. I wouldn't go up to 38, of course. John? I think I would top out at 35. That would be like the the max contract because I mean I feel like he does deserve a little bit of a payday. Honestly, I feel but like both of us are pretty high on that. I feel like a lot. That's of super are high, and I feel like that's reasonable. I do. Like, I do think that Dak is is more deserving of the contract than a lot of people are saying. Because I'm not I'm not entirely with the notion that like if this was Tony Romo, he would have already been signed. But I do think that you have to look at, at Tony Romo and just at the Cowboys quarterback position over the past few decades. I think that the Cowboys fans have just become very uh, ungrateful with what they have at quarterback right now. I mean, they have not had a quarterback who... He led the league in 
pa- passing yards last year. He was like top three or something. He he's a, he's he's an above average quarterback. I think he he eventually deserves to be paid as such. Lucas, what do you think? Drew, do you remember when they had Brandon Whedon? Exactly. Dude. It's like. They completely don't remember that, like how hard it is to get a quarterback. I don't even it's know not that Whedon easy. <laughs> I don't even know who Brandon Whedon is. <laughs> Browns dude, flaming Whedon. For me, I'm kind of in between both you guys, Drew and John. Like, I think there's no doubt in my mind that Dak deserves the money. He was a later round draft pick. He's been nothing but a stud for the Cowboys. He's had no off the field issues. He's rarely complained about the money he's receiving, even though he's getting paid pretty much nothing. I think if I'm the Cowboys, I would... 31 mil this year, to be fair, isn't too bad. That's going to be his first payday, though. He hasn't even signed it yet. He's planning on signing it. Yeah. Because he's looking at 31 mil being like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, I should be getting 200 or whatever. (laughs) But, if I'm the Cowboys, I think I'm willing to offer him 35 a year for three years. So you end up at about 105. Or 25 a year for five. So you end up at 125. But I either go higher on the money and less on the years, or lower on the money and more on the years. I just can't do, like, a five-year, $35 million deal. That's outrageous. What about all the players that they won't be able to sign because they're signing Dak Prescott? When you pay a quarterback $35 million, you can't put the pieces around them. It could actually, if the Cowboys just franchise them this year, work right into their hands when the franchise tag next year because the cap goes down is $25 million for a quarterback. And you still have the option of whether you want to franchise them then or not. I think that's ridiculous. I don't think there's a chance that, that happens. You don't think there's a chance the cap goes down to twenty five? No, there's no shot that. Wait, what are you? Are you saying that his franchise tag would go down to twenty five? Yeah, I'm just saying like if the cap goes down after this well, year, the franchise, franchise tag is determined by the market value of a qu- of quarterback. No, it's right? like the t- It's like the average of the top five percent of contracts at that position. My issue is that I think the Cowboys are stupid for signing Amari Cooper if you're going to have to sign that. Oh, 100% yeah. I agree. Like, you draft a they, they wide receiver. They drafted C.D. Lamb. Yeah. They got their guy. And now they're signing... What are they, what are they paying Amari Cooper? Like, isn't it like six years, hold up, 90 hold mil or something? You know what's a great comparison to who just is completely like Amari Cooper in the NFL right now? Yeah. But for some reason, every other team has figured out Hey, let's not sign this dude to a huge deal. Jadavian Clowney. Tons of talent, inconsistent. When he's good, he goes off in games and can dominate, and he'll just disappear a bunch. I think Jadavian Clowney is a lot better than Mari Cooper. And I also, I don't think, I think Jadavian Clowney got screwed by COVID. Because Jadavian Clowney was really good last year. Even when he disappears, you still have to use up at least two guys blocking him. I think that he is. He only had three sacks last year. I, yeah, but he's he's he also would just take up blockers and stuff, and he's more of a run defense. He's guy. never had more than nine point five sacks, and he was supposed to be a pass rusher out of college. That's a lot of sacks. First of all, second of all, he's turned into more of a well-rounded player. He's one of the best outside linebackers in football. He's never had more than 60 tackles. That's not a good all-around player. Dude, he is one of the best outside linebackers in in, in the NFL. No, it's exactly like Amari Cooper. He blows up and everyone thinks he's nice and he has great games. No, it's not like Amari Cooper. And then he disappears forever. No, but he still has so much more value when he disappears. Because if he's not just disappearing, he's taking up blockers and taking up space on the field and stuff. 
Amari Cooper, when he has bad games, he literally just doesn't do anything to help. To me, it just looks like they don't try when they have bad games. It's like you, you obviously they're trying. Oh, obviously they're trying because they're NFL players. <laughs> Enough to know that he disappears. Like I, I watched the Seahawks play the 49ers twice last year. There was one game where Jadavian Clowney was the most important player on the other on the field, and there was another game where Jadavian Clowney didn't matter. How yeah, does that, I mean, that? That's, that's what Amari that's, Cooper that does. Happens with a lot of players. I think that Jadavian Clowney is way better than Amari Cooper, though, and I don't think it's a comparison. John, what are your thoughts on the comparison? Especially, I think Amari Cooper an outside linebacker and one's a wide receiver. John, what are your thoughts on the comparison? I think Amari Cooper is. I think he dominates people who are not stellar cornerbacks or, or, or stellar DBs. And then he, I think he gets shut down by most really good DBs. And like a Mar- so like a Marshawn Lattimore, a uh, Stephon, Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore, other really good DBs in the league could probably lock him up. Yeah. And last year kind of proved it. I know in the Saints game he was pretty ineffective. In the Patriots game, I don't did he even have a catch? I think he had one or two for like twenty yards off of Gilmore. Ready for this Jadavian Clowney stat? So last year he played in thirteen games. In nine of them he had one tackle or less. One tackle or less So who would you pay more? Really? Who would you I'm pay telling less? you who would you oh. pay more? He is inconsistent who as balls. Pay, who would you pay more? Clowney? Or Cooper. So, it's tough because it totally depends on your need. But I think the most I would pay Amari Cooper would be five years at $15 million. So I would give him essentially like the exact same $75 million. Dollars. The exact same contract he got minus I a thought year. He could, yeah, I wouldn't, give him the, I wouldn't give him another year. Five, fifteen, and I wouldn't make it all guaranteed. Obviously not. Oh, okay. And then with Jadavian Clowney, I would probably give him, like, four at, like, 18 or something. Like, a little more annually, but, like, a little less overall. And, like, with both of them, I think I'd guarantee about, like, a base of $40 million. I think it's so close. That's why I asked the comparison. I think it's literally, like... I think that is so ridiculous. Those are not two comparable players. They're not in the same... What would you pay them? I would pay Amari Cooper maximum maybe nine or ten million, and I would pay Jadeveon Clowney somewhere sixteen to eighteen in that neighborhood. So then, why isn't Jadeveon Clowney able to get a contract, and why did Amari Cooper just because get ninety million? And Amari Cooper signed way like before everything started to shut down. That's the simple answer. There's John, no, what would you no pay? Conspiracy here. Right? I think I'd pay Amari Cooper like thirteen or fourteen, and I think I'd pay Jadavion maybe twelve. <laughs> That's what I was, are they comparing? Hearing this, hearing this, less than one, uh, one or less tackles in nine of the sixteen games last year. That's pretty unacceptable. After that, I no, would no, 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 no. It wasn't nine out of sixteen. It was nine out of thirteen. He missed three other games. Oh, nine out of thirteen. <laughs> so how do you end up with sixty tackles on the? Because he went off in the other <laughs> games. That's what I'm trying to tell you, bro. Like, those were only his solo tackles, and the total 60 was, like, the most he'd ever had in one year. He didn't have 60 last year. The most he's ever had in a single season is 60 tackles. AFC West, I think, is very competitive. Chiefs to win, Broncos second, Chargers, and Raiders. I got to tell you something. I thought Vic Fangio did a really good job 
in the second half of the season last year. I thought Denver really came alive, and I love Denver's offseason. Uh, Chargers rounded out 5-11. I'll watch their schedule and see. I, I, I think the division's too tough for them. I don't think they're good enough defensively to compete. The Raiders 5-11. You just heard Colin Cowherd make his AFC West predictions. Continuing on with our AFC West predictions, we'll start off with the Raiders. They open week one at the Carolina Panthers. Drew? That's a win. John? That's a win. Win? 1-0. Home against the Saints? That's a loss. 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 1-1. One one. Week three at the New England Patriots? That's a win. Yeah, win. Loss. 2-1. Home against the Bills? That's a win. That's a loss. That's a loss. 2-2. Two and two. Week 5 at the Kansas City Chiefs. That is a loss. 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 2-3. and three. Coming out of the bye, Week 7 home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is another loss. Yeah, loss. Loss. 2-4. and four. At the Cleveland Browns. Loss. Win. Win. I hate you guys. 3-4. and four. <laughs> Week 9 at the Los Angeles Chargers. That's a loss. Loss. Win. 3-5. and five. Week 10, home against the Broncos. That's a win. It's a loss. Win. Four and five. Week 11, home against the Kansas City Chiefs. That is a loss. It's a loss. Loss. Four and six. At the Atlanta Falcons. That is a win. Loss. Win. Five and six. Week 13, at the New York Jets. That is a win. Win. Loss. Six and six. Week 14, home against the Colts. That is a win. It's a win. Win. 7-6. and six. Home against the Chargers. That is a win. That is a win. Loss. 8-6, and six. watch out. Home against the Dolphins. That is a win. That is a loss. Loss. It's a bold take. 8-7. Week 17, finishing up the season at the Denver Broncos. That is a loss. 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 Final record, 8-8. Eight and eight. Moving on to the Broncos, they open their season week one home against the Titans. That's a win. That is a win. Win. 1-0. Week two at the Steelers. That's a loss. That is a loss. That's a win. 1-1. One one. Week three, home against the Bucks. That is a win. That is a win. That's a win. Brady struggles in Denver. 2-1. Week four at the New York Jets. That is a win. That is a win. That's a win. Three and one. At the New England Patriots. That's a loss. That's a win. That's a loss. Three and two. Week six, home against the Dolphins. That's a win. 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 Four and two. Week seven, home against the Chiefs. That's a win. Win. Loss. Five and two. Coming out of the bye. Week 9 at the Atlanta Falcons. That is a loss. Win. Win. 6-2. and two. Week 10 at the Raiders. That is a loss. Win. Loss. 6-3. and three. Week 11, home against the Chargers. That's a win. That is a win. That's a win. 7-3. Week 12, home against the Saints. That's a loss. That's a win. That's a loss. 7-4. Week 13 at the Kansas City Chiefs. That is a loss. It's a loss. That's a loss. 7 and 5. Week 14 at the Carolina Panthers. That's a loss. It's a win. Win. 8 and 5. Week 15 home against the Bills. 
That's a win. Win. Loss. 9-5. Week 16 at the Los Angeles Chargers. That is a loss. It's a loss. It's a loss. 9-6. Week 17 at the Las Vegas Raiders. That is a win. 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 Final record, 10-6. Today we welcome Damian Adador to the Hangtime Headlines podcast. Damian is entering his senior year and plays soccer for UMass Lowell. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, it's good to have you, man. So, how has your virtual training been so far? Um, it's been it's been alright. I think uh, I've been able to get outside and train with a couple of the, a couple friends. Um, my friends Jacob Fitzgerald and Brandon Vasquez are kind of like they're kind of like my personal coach and trainer right now. And uh, so they have dumbbells and bands and stuff. So we've been able to get outside, get to the field, do workouts and stuff. So that's been good. Um, and then our strength coach here at school gave us like an app we can go into for work, special workouts and stuff as well. So it's been it's been pretty good, pretty easy to keep up with stuff. Have you been able to practice with teammates? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, like I said, I've been training with a couple guys, but also uh, like more recently we've had uh, a bunch of the guys from the team. We got a bunch of local guys, like 12, 13, 14 guys who are from around here. So. We've been trying to get a bunch of guys once or twice a week just to play some small size, some pickup, and uh, that's been really good. So we're going to try to do that more and more and just kind of do what we can before the season starts. How do you think this offseason will impact the team negatively and positively? Um, I think I think negatively, I think it'll have the same impact on every team. So I think luckily we're all going to be on like the same playing field when we get to whenever the season will be. Because uh, we're all in the same situation, we're all in the same boat. But I think positively, it's you know everyone's kind of hungry right now. Everyone just wants to get back on the field because our spring season got cut short too, and we didn't get to play any spring games this year. So everyone just really wants to be on the field. There's no drag. There's no like oh like maybe I just won't do anything today. It's everyone wants to be back because we've missed so much time at this point. So everyone seems to be motivated. What are the uh, team goals for the upcoming season? I mean, it's got to be it's got to be to win the the conference, the American East. I think you know, last few years UNH just kind of dominated it. It's a very talented team, and uh, I think. But we also have like a bunch of other teams in the conference who who are also super talented as well, like Albany and and Vermont, Stony Brook teams like that. So Hartford. So we'll have to see. I think that's probably the goal is to win the conference, try to make it to the national tournament, see see where it can go from there. Because once you're in, you can kind of do whatever happens, you know. Do you have a favorite soccer player? Um, I mean, growing up, growing up, it was probably uh, anybody on the Revs. I was a big Revs fan because that's the local team. Big MLS guy. Still, I'm a big MLS guy, but uh, probably Taylor Twelman, Charlie Joseph, Clint Dempsey, those guys. But nowadays, um, I like uh, Danny Alves. He's a right back. Used to play for Barcelona, and then probably Jamie Barty on Leicester City. He's, he's just an absolute dog. Made it from the bottom. He chugs Red Bulls with four games. He's just great. Do you have an opinion on who's better, Messi or Ronaldo? Um, I'm a Messi guy, but as I've gotten older, I've started to respect both guys, Messi and Ronaldo. But because Ronaldo is just a worker, he just works so hard, he grinds all the time. But Messi, Messi's my guy. He's a smaller guy, kind of more of a a technical player he doesn't 
he doesn't have all the flashy skill moves and stuff but he's just every time he touches the ball it's gold so I'm more of a messy guy I just love how they're like the two best players in soccer and they're two like completely different players I think it's exactly uh, so who's who's the best player that you've ever played with superstitions pancakes in one bite too <laughs> yeah so but we used to just I that's what I used to eat before games and uh putting on putting on my socks a certain way tying the shoes a certain way those type of things but are you a big trash talker uh no no I'm pretty quiet to be honest I'm pretty quiet when I play but if someone initiates it I'll, I'll draw back and forth with them um I think we have like like every week or so we'll play like small sided and that gets super competitive so whenever someone's trying to say something to me uh, I'll, I'll let them know I'm still there I'll, I'll, I'll get in their face about it but other than that I'm pretty quiet pretty calm enough. what do you attribute your love and work ethic to the game to? Uh, it's gotta be my mom to be honest you know like she used to drive me all, all over the place man like to New Hampshire for practice four times a week you know we'd and then games, we have games sometimes in Canada, fucking games in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, Connecticut, Rhode Island, whatever. Um, and she was driving me everywhere, and you know, after working all day, and and so like, I look at it as like, if I'm not working hard to try to get some out of this, then you know, it's a waste of her time, it's a waste of my time, it's a waste of everyone's time. So I think that's where it comes from, just to see her work ethic, because she's one of the, she was one of the hardest working people I know. Thank you so much for joining us, bro. No worries, y'all. Falling crazy with the hang time.